2: and airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
3: uh, welcome back uh greatest part of that is as quinlan's leaving it's uh bye mr quinlan the declan kruger uh, quinlan was his grade seven teacher <laughs> uh, it's awesome awesome stuff Um, uh, Uh, Welcome back. It is the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation uh, YouTube. Got a lot of texts coming in. Hey, guys, I'll be honest. I've never seen a lacrosse game, but I was riveted by that interview. Uh, your guest was very well spoken, especially when it came to describing and understanding the techniques of the game and, uh, what you look for in players. Fascinating stuff. Really enjoy your guests on Wednesday. Well, I appreciate that, Doug. Hey, that's the whole point, man. Um, it's always good. We don't, we want to talk different sports all the time. I think everybody has different stories. And you know what? There is a, there's a lacrosse community that still misses the rush. There's no question about that. But, um, you know, the minors, uh, and, uh, you know, all the other cross teams around town, I think have, uh, have elevated the play of players. You're seeing more of them. Uh, Jamie Bowen, of course, now they got a father's son, his son's playing for the rush this season. So that's, uh, you know, that's pretty cool. It's, uh, uh well, I don't care what sport you are. Uh, when you, when your kid can follow in your footsteps as a professional athlete, you're pretty excited about that. Uh, there's no question. So. We'll uh we'll talk a little bit more about that. It's you know it's unfortunate. Uh, obviously, I'm probably a little bit biased. Haven't done the play by play for uh for ten years when the when the Rush were here, but it was it was thoroughly enjoyable. I love pro lacrosse. I still watch the NLL on TV. It's just the game is so quick transition. It's physical. It's a lot. And I, I will say for for young players, if you if you're if your son or daughter's hesitant about contact, right when you get to U15 in hockey. Put them in lacrosse for a few years prior. I'm telling you, they will gain the confidence to not be afraid of physical play. It's a massive advantage because in lacrosse, just what you got to learn—that's part of the game. And you just take hits. It's different now. You know, you have more time to react because it's not as fast. You're running. You're not skating, right? But even just being anytime you're in a set play, right? Like there's more contact, and and that can be a benefit for sure. So if you have a son or daughter who's a little leery of the uh, the contact part of the game. I'd recommend maybe trying lacrosse definitely uh, definitely can help him so uh coming up uh this hour rupper was uh going to join us but he had a little conflict so uh he is going to uh to be on tomorrow's program so uh, which is good we'll set up uh, his thoughts around the elite Kyle Chipchura, former uh, NHLer, will uh, join us talking uh, oil kings we got uh spec coming up a little bit later on we also going to hear um i do have a a story that um, We should probably mention that uh, Connor McDavid is going to be inducted into the Canadian Walk of Fame this weekend. And that's why if you're wondering why the orders have this uh, schedule, it's because McDavid, uh, they they knew about it. They they asked the schedule maker uh, in the summertime. They've kind of kept it quiet, but uh, McDavid will be going into the Canadian Walk of Fame this weekend. Weekend, you get the star. Now, if you've never been to Toronto, it's uh, the stars are, are displayed along King Street West and uh, Simcoe Street. Right, that's where it is. If you if you ever you want to go see McDavid star in the future, maybe you're going on a weekend getaway to watch uh, the Orders, or maybe you're going to watch the Jays or the Raptors. Well, uh, after this weekend, because the ceremony's on Saturday, uh, you would be able to see the star. Other people uh, who are going to be uh, inducted. Uh, this year, heavily, uh, there's actually 24 people that are getting a star this year. Uh, most of them will come in the arts and entertainment category. You have uh, musicians like Lee Aaron, uh, Avril Lavigne, April Wine, Chilliwack, Glass Tiger, Lighthouse, Loverboy, Max Webster, Michelle uh, Pagliaro, Platinum Blonde, Prism, Rough Trade, Trooper, and The Parachute Club. You have uh, actors, uh, Tantu Cardinal, uh, Rick Mercer, uh, the TV show Degrassi, and also Edmonton-born visionary, broadcaster, philanthropist, uh, Gary Slate. Of course, a uh, long time uh, in radio, Gary, and his entire family. Uh, you also have uh, Michael Budman and Don Green for entrepreneurship and philanthropy. Rosalie uh, Silberman-Abella goes in as a human, uh, humanitarian Dr. Brenda Milner in Science, Technology, and Innovation. And uh, Catherine Ebrew is in the National Hero Honor. And Cardinal Ophishall is in the uh, Allen Strait Music Impact category. So uh, that's who's all going in. Uh, McDavid will go in. in the, uh, he's the only one in uh, in sports and athletics. And it uh, joins. You know what? There's not a lot of hockey guys in there. Like, obviously, Gordie Al, Bobby Orr, Mark Messier, uh, Wayne Gretzky, uh, Meryl Muse in there. Uh, there's many others, obviously lots of other athletes, uh, Clara Hughes, Steve Nash, Christine Sinclair, Terry Fox, uh, to name a few. So a pretty big honor for Murray uh, McDavid. Uh, we had a conversation about it last night uh, afterwards, and uh, so we'll let you uh, play at that. He admitted he doesn't really know what's going on in the ceremony, but um, uh, he'll, he'll study up after. You know, he has Friday to kind of plan because the orders will play in Winnipeg on Thursday, and then uh, McDavid will go uh, straight to uh, Toronto from there. And uh, he'll be in Toronto for the ceremony on Saturday. And then the Orders are back on the ice Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And they take on Carolina next Wednesday. So uh, that's how it is. And uh, that's uh, if you're wondering why the Orders had that uh, little uh, scheduling quirk, uh, it's because of uh, McDavid going into the uh, Canadian Walk of Fame. And
4: Greg, I saw some people mentioning, like, why now? Why not when he's done? Uh, it's not unusual. Steve Nash went in 2008 during his career, so... It's not like they wait for players to wrap it up. It's yeah, maybe when they're in their peak. I don't know, but not unusual here.
3: No, not. Uh, he is one of the younger ones, for sure. But uh, they obviously felt like uh, he was deserving. And when you consider that uh, McDavid has already won 13 major NHL trophies, right? Five Art Ross, four Ted Lindsays, three Hart trophies. He won a, a Maurice Richard. He's got a pretty good resume, Right. So, um, it's a good question as to why maybe they just, they didn't want to wait. They're like, Hey, we think he should be in. So, uh, he goes in. So, uh, there you have it. Lots of text line in 401, 1440 in our, uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Hey Gregor, when will Pickard play? I'm glad we're winning, but what's the goalie plan from Jordan. It's a good question, Jordan. Well, as I said, here's how I envision what the orders are going to do with their goaltending. Um, it's going to be Stuart Skinner tomorrow night. Then they have the five day break and it'll be Stuart Skinner against Carolina. Then you've got Minnesota next Friday, the 8th on Sunday afternoon against New Jersey, the 10th and Tuesday against Chicago. I think your backup is going to play one of those. I'm guessing it's going to be the New Jersey or the Chicago game, but I'm not sold. It's going to be Calvin Pickard. I think there's a chance it could be Jack Campbell. It's going to depend on how he plays. Campbell's playing tonight and he plays again on the weekend. For the Condors. And I believe the organization looks like I, I've said this many times trading Jack Campbell right now is, it's, it's a pipe dream. Like you'd have to give up so much for a team to take his contract. It's not worth it. You would weaken yourself so bad. You can't, you don't have any, you have very few other assets to make other trades. So that's why I don't see that happening. Uh, a buyout in the summertime definitely could happen. But I think you're going to see the orders look and say, you know what? We're give Jack Campbell another opportunity here. And it's obviously it's going to be up to him. We'll see how he plays in his next few games. But if he does play well, don't be surprised if you see Jack Campbell. Um, he's not going to come up during this practice time because they're going to want him to play. But Skinner plays Wednesday. You know, you keep Campbell down there. Maybe he gets in another game on another Wednesday in the American League. Then... I could see him here for either the Sunday afternoon or the Tuesday night against Chicago. I think uh, that's going to be the plan for the backup, whether it's Skinner or sorry, whether it's Pickard or whether it is uh Jack Campbell. Hey guys, what's your evaluation on Brown since he came back? I'm getting nervous. He's becoming a bust from Tony. Well, Tony, I'll tell you right now, I think it's going to be extremely difficult. If not impossible for him to live up to his uh, contract. That's just a fact. Um, I look at Brown. He, the longer it goes, that he doesn't score. I think the uh, the more difficult it is. That's just a fact. Like, look at the best player in the world. Connor McDavid. I know everyone's like, oh, he's injured. He was injured. Really? How come when he scored a goal in Florida, suddenly his next few shifts, he looks like he was shot out of a cannon? Confidence is a huge factor. And it's even a bigger factor for guys who are less talented as Connor McDavid. So, I... I think Brown bust. Yeah, like he's not going to live up to the contract. It's going to be extremely difficult. Let's just call a spade a spade here. Right. I, I think if you put true sermon in the orders, they signed Connor Brown to be an impact player in the second half more than the first half. Coming off the season long, you know, he missed a whole year. I think they were like, you know what? Hey, if, if he exceeds our expectations early, we're excited. But I, I think if you put Drew Sermon, they're like, okay, this is we don't necessarily need his offense right now. And that's true. They don't. They don't need his offense. Other parts of his game are good. But when his offense comes, that'll be a nice boost for the team. Similar to Ryan McLeod. Right? Like, the orders, you look, they, they had a bad start. But the orders in their last 100 games are still the high-scoring team in the National Hockey League. Right? Last year, they were number one. And they're, they're number two here in their last 10 games. They're just slightly behind Colorado. So their offense is back to where it was. Guys like Hamlin scoring, Yanmark scoring, deharney scoring, they're getting other guys scoring, Sam Gagne scoring. Uh, yeah, sure it'd be nice if everybody was scoring. It's probably not realistic. They've actually had more guys score this year through the first 21 games, 16 players, and they had last year when they had 12 in the first 21 games. So there there are actually have a few more guys contributing for goals that builds your confidence for sure. So I look at Brown, and if he can start getting going in the second half, That's when it's going to be. I I think people have to accept that the bonus next year is going to be painful. Now, you can continually focus on it, let you get mad and mad and mad and mad. But it is what it is. It's not changing. If he scores 12 goals or if he scores 17 goals, it doesn't change the pain of the bonus at all next year. Right? It doesn't. So, you know, to me, you hope Brown has a solid second half and then is a contributor in the playoffs. And, and that's and that will soften the blow, but it definitely won't eliminate it at all. Hey, guys, is uh Sidney Crosby in? No, he's not in yet. Now you have to for a lot of these things. You have to be nominated. You have to have somebody who nominates you for it. Right, puts your name forth. So why they have him with Crosby? I have no idea. Now maybe turn it down. I can't think of it. I don't, I don't know many players who would. If I am being honest, like why would you? Like who, who's going to say no? Like sure you. And I don't know. Maybe Pittsburgh didn't want to get a contracting but I would think Sidney Crosby if he got put in uh they would make sure that he could find a way to get there. Right cuz it is something if you're going to be in the ho- in the uh, Canadian Walk of Fame, you want to be there. Right? You want to be there when they unveil your star. That's something that you never can get back. So I get why. Um we'll see. Hey guys, uh no more buyouts. I'd rather see cap space for 5 years and a 21st overall pick from uh Team Dean. Um, it's not going to be a 21st overall pick, Dean. It's going to be multiple first-round picks. Why people think it's one is beyond me. There's no chance. Jack Campbell right now today is owed over $17.5 million remaining on his contract. You think a GM and an owner is going to be like, oh, okay, you give us a first-rounder, a late first-rounder, and we'll take the 21 mil for a player right now that going to be in the minors maybe, or maybe at best as a backup. Come on. It's not, uh um it's not going to happen. Right? Hey guys, Campbell should never see a game in order Jersey again from Brian and St. Albert. Oh, you're, you're fair to think that, but I'm telling you, um, it's, it's probably now unless Campbell just completely soils the sheets, I think you're going to see him. And I think you're going to, uh, see him, uh, on that six-game homestand. That's uh, that's my gut inkling on uh, what's going to happen with the Orders. 418. Quick break. Uh, Kyle Chipchura, a former NHLer, now a skills coach, uh, joins us next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and on Orders Nation YouTube. Wednesday afternoon. Happy Hump Day. Hope you are having an awesome day. I am. Connor Halley is. It's the Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only Regulated online gambling website where uh, also they have a casino. You can uh, play uh, blackjack and also lotteries. Six forty nine forty million bucks for grabs today. Play Alberta dot C A. Gregor, why would they have this ceremony during the season? Why wouldn't they do it in the off season? Uh, <laughs> Um my man this is this is the uh, Canadian Walk of Fame. It's not Connor McDavid is the only person in the uh, sports and athletics category. This is for artists, musicians, everything. It's Canadian. It's not the Hockey Hall of Fame, which actually does also happen during the season, but um look at uh yeah that's why because it's the the nhl is not the one who runs this this is uh run by the canadian hall of fame our canadian walk of fame and so it's lots of famous canadians who have made significant contributions in different walks of life I, I, and i would say that uh sports athletes are like this year there's connor mcdavid is the only one who goes in in the uh in the musical and arts and entertainment category there's 18 so it's uh it's just quite different. Let's get to our big guest of the day now, brought to you by the Spruce Girl Saints. What a game last night uh, down at the Silent Ice Arena, just uh, you know, off of Highway Two between uh, Edmonton and Nisku. You had the Crusaders and the Saints down there. It was fam- jam packed, sold out crowd. Fans loved it from both teams, and you know that's something I think they should do uh, again. It's great, kind of right in the middle between uh, Shirt Park. And Spruce Grove, uh, unfortunately for the Saints, uh, they come up on the uh short end of it, but you can uh get to uh Saints Games. Uh they are home next Tuesday. Get your tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca when they host OLS. They are on the road in uh Brooks this weekend. And uh let's talk a little uh minor uh, amateur hockey with the uh skill and development coach for the uh Edmonton Oil Kings former NHLer Kyle Chipchura joins us Kyle welcome to the show my man how you doing
5: good good thanks for having me
3: uh, so when we when we think development coach like you go back to when you were young there's no such thing as a development coach so uh, t- tell me what's the role and the responsibility of a development coach for the Oil Kings
5: yeah it's kind of just more of a an individual kind of approach when it comes to watching video of the players um Kind of going over their game individually and just kind of seeing just little ways you can kind of help them. I think our our head coach has got a lot on his plate when it comes to the team as a whole. Um, Surge with the B has the V as a whole and the special teams and that. So it's more in that kind of area where it's kind of just maybe the finer details individually. And yeah, uh, nothing like this when I played. It was kind of a figure out on your own, but uh, it's a lot of fun for me. And you know uh, the kids are. They're, they're a lot of fun to work with.
3: When you work with the young players, Kyle, and, you know, as you mentioned, you kind of used to have to figure it out. So there's lots of questions that they're asked. What are some of the more common questions you get asked as a development coach?
5: Um, well, first off, I think a lot of it is they're, they're trying to uh, really play the systems a lot, where now you still want to kind of harbor that – those instincts of the game, and if you have those kind of the habits in place, so they can kind of just play the game without overthinking. And so a lot of it is just kind of having them understand um, just kind of the what happens over and over in the game, whether it's um, the ability to, to break pressure in the zone, or kind of um, how the transition of neutral zone works. What what spots are are there more times than not, and it's kind of going from a, base, a basis of that or puck protection or, or those little kind of parts of the game where now you can build on. But I think a lot of times with the players, it's more of let's break it down a little more fundamentally and you can go from there rather than always try to do the perfect, uh, the, the perfect thing when it comes to whatever you think the coach wants from this.
3: Now, uh, growing up, uh, of course, in, in Western Canada, and and then playing in the AHL, playing of well, I say first in the WHL and then the AHL, the NHL. Yeah, you, you played for a long time. Then you went. You finished your career four years in the KHL. Um, anything you picked up over there that helps you as a development coach?
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think first going over there, the um, kind of getting used to the big ice and really coming from. So I kind of came in sort of one part of the NHL transition where they kind of went from you know, clutching and grab to more skating and then by the time I was done it was kind of a new kind of transition I found where it was really more of um, kind of the were really active in the rush where it's a lot more kind of little up-temple, even more up-temple than what it was uh, previously and then going to Europe it was kind of more of how to keep that speed of the bigger ice and how to Keep constant motion. When I was coming from the NHL at, at that transition time, it was a lot more kind of stops and starting. So I kind of had to learn that on the big ice, learn that on the fly, and kind of learn that through other players. Because of the, you know, over there you don't have, really have coaches staff didn't even speak English my first year in, in that part. So I think that kind of transition really kind of made me kind of jump in head first. And now you kind of see more of that in the, the game today of how how you're able to kind of. Keep that motion, keep that speed, and kind of keep everything kind of moving. And you know, the ice is smaller. I think the game over here is kind of a lot more like that now, too. So, I think that's that's the main thing that kind of jumps out. And then the other part where I'm just saying where you have to figure out a lot on your own over there different style of play, different ice, different country. Um, coaches and speak the language. So, I think that kind of gave me a little head start of maybe trying to learn the. the
3: and explain kind of the details of the stuff. Kyle Chip joins as development coach for nine years as an NHLer uh, and then played four years in the KHL, also started out in the the American Hockey League. And you look at... you know, communication, I'm sure when you played, you played under a lot of different coaches, uh, you know, in, in your time in the National Hockey League, Kyle. And I'm sure you had some who are better communicators than others as a development coach. Like you're there, your whole goal is to want to make them better. Right. So you're not really talking about systemic play. At least I wouldn't think so um, anyway. And so, you know, you see the players like at this level. Is it easy? Because like these guys are close. All right, but the next step obviously is pro hockey, and they all want to get there. So, do you find is is it a good age level to have? Because you have people that are just, you know, like I would assume they're just sponges and thirsty for any sort of knowledge that can hopefully help their game.
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, they're young, but they're they're hungry, and they've kind of all kind of came up the levels of, you know, they've had different skill coaches or been on the ice a lot, and they kind of like I find that the younger younger generation they they want to learn and they want more and they kind of want to see different ways of, of doing things and um I mean that's a lot different than maybe our generation where it was just kind of go out there and play and try to compete hard and try not to mess up so I think they they want more they want to learn and they they want to get better and like that's that makes it fun for for me to be around and it's uh it's definitely a uh, A little bit easier at this age when they haven't really maybe had that success or the pressure isn't kind of what it is at that at that next level.
3: Yeah, Kyle Chipchura joins us. So, Kyle, you're a development coach and you're on a team who have just been decimated. Your top six defensemen are out. Like it's mind blowing. I don't think I've ever seen this in the Western Hockey League before. The amount of injuries to the back end. Uh, Does it make your job harder because you know you're bringing in new guys all the time here just to try to get in the lineup?
5: Yeah, yeah, I. Yeah, of all the years I've been around the game too, I've never seen nothing like this either. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it makes it harder in the sense that um, you still want to win games, like. Uh, but um, it's you have to get the guys kind of the individual look of trying to give them the best the best shot or the most information to help them succeed. And it's for me, it's it doesn't kind of change my approach with it all. But uh, as a part of a whole, it's it's been a lot of adversity so um yeah but it's you kind of roll with it and it's kind of opportunity for the other guys to to step up and those are the guys that um want want more want more information and you try to help them as as much as you can
3: the way the game is going, uh, it's interesting. I talked to a few. Co- the one challenge for some players, and maybe a little bit younger, is you know they see all the YouTube videos and you know all, all the cool game. And then you know even some of the video games and plays that, that people are trying to do. And while it works there, it's not necessarily transferable to a game. But you also don't want to stifle creativity. So how do how do you balance that side of it as a development coach?
5: Yeah, yeah, like kids. Especially compared to uh, my time in junior, like they to me they're faster, they can shoot harder, they can handle the puck better. But maybe the one area that didn't keep up with it is maybe their their decision making and their just their understanding of just uh, kind of the, the simple parts of the game and how important the little details are when it comes to puck management or um, just kind of surviving shifts at the time when it comes to different momentum changes in games and that and. That's that's the part of the game where that when you get back to the fundamentals and you get back to the simple stuff, cause you see a lot of guys who their skill level is might be even, but just the one guy has that better understanding of the game, and he is a lot more effective uh, during game come game time. When you know when you watch him in practice or you watch him in all the skill stuff, you 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 see very similar players, and then the one guy who's able to get it has that just that basic understanding of. Uh, Right, sorry, a better understanding of how the game kind of flows and it's getting the players to kind of see that and buy into that part that kind of that part's a little harder than I first anticipated and it's definitely harder than maybe what it was 20 years ago
3: so that was my one question um, you know there's everybody skates now right? like if, if you get to any sort of level you got to be able to skate that's just how it is but thinking and processing the game Kyle how can you help in that regard like it how much of it is teachable? How much of it is just kind of a like natural instinct?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, obviously, you hear a lot of the the hockey sense and, and that talk of um, you either have it or you don't. But there's also, I think, predictabilities in the game that can help all players, um, you know, whether it's certain areas of Certain soft spots of the ice where you know if you can t- if you time those you'll allow yourself to get kind of more touches with more time w- with the puck or um, you know whether you turn pucks over on the forecheck usually the next the next plays in certain areas are, are there more often than not whether it's you know the the, uh, the dot of the offensive zone or you're switching sides to give your your teammates a little more time with it and a lot of the a lot of the teams want to play defensive style the same idea or they want to forecheck the same idea so it kind of gives a little more predictability and i find if you get guys kind of sticking in that next step or thinking for the next play you're kind of getting comfortable with having an idea of what's going to happen next i think you're able to build on it from from there but um it's not it's not easy and it's um i mean it's not perfect but i think there's definitely ways you can help influence that and, and try to try to grow that
3: And lastly, Kyle, uh, you know, being from Edmonton, you look at the Edmonton orders and and obviously young hockey players play on the Oil Kings. You know, they're sharing the same facility. They're probably like, this is unreal. Right. Like maybe you bump shoulders every now and then with the NHL guys. Not a ton, I know. But is it is it a benefit or a hindrance sometimes when you have the NHL guys that close? Like, is it good to be there or do you think that that's a distraction? And some of them are like, well, I want to do what McDavid or Drysaddle does. And in a lot of cases, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of people can't do it.
5: Yeah, yeah. We always joke that we
6: like
5: that the young players and our young guys are, are so blessed to be in a hockey market with the two of the two best players in the world. But it's also a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a curse because now that's the two guys that everybody tries to be. But um, <laughs> it's 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 nothing but a, it's nothing but a blessing to have the kind of facility that we have, the resources that we have here, and just to see that next level. Um, just to see how good that next level is and how they approach the game if the guys do get to watch some practices or they do get to see them kind of around it's I mean it's it's nothing but been positive and our guys are, are really lucky to have it and we uh, we remind them a lot that it's uh, they're, they're lucky to be around not only an NHL team but an NHL team with some elite elite players.
3: Awesome stuff man uh, Kyle continued success thanks for your time we really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. There we go. That is Kyle Chip Chura. Uh he is the development coach for the Edmonton Allkings. We'll come back. We have five questions. Uh then Spec joins us. Uh we'll hear from Sam Gagne. Who I don't know if you saw the little video online of Sam Gagne's uh you know, after the game they open up the room and his, you know, his boys run in there and they're all fired up, dad scored a goal. And so we, and it was funny because Ryan Nugent Hopkins was asked about first time he'd met Sam Gagne, which of course was way back in 2011, and and how things have changed significantly uh for that standpoint. They used to be roommates, uh Nugent Hopkins and Gagne. Uh, in uh, Nugent Hopkins' second season, and uh, now you know he has young kids running around. Ryan Nugent Hopkins just had one, but so I talked to Sam about that, about you know being a healthy scratch, challenge of that, where his health is, how is he feeling with his hip, and also just the the raw excitement he still has when he scores goals, and how it's pretty infectious amongst the group. So that's coming up with Sam Guy in the uh, five o'clock hour and more. It's the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, that's a song, that's a singer, that's a sing-alonger, as they like to say. Not sure if that's exactly how they say but you know what I meant. Right? Who doesn't, uh, doesn't sing along to on that one? Whew. Not sure we can reach the same pitch as a wit, but it's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Uh, welcome back to The uh, Gregor Show on Sports 1440, live on... Uh, Motors Nation YouTube, and uh, every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday now, getting you set for the weekend. I know many of you, you're always planning, you're huge skiers, and I know that right now, it doesn't look great, but ski season is upon us, and here is the Ski Report.
6: Your ski report for Wednesday, November 29th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. It's been a slow start to the ski season with warm weather and little precipitation hampering all ski areas. Banff and Jasper Mountain Resorts are all open on limited terrain with more runs and lifts expected to open once we get a little bit more snow. Marmot Basin, no new snow in the last few days, and operating on a 27-centimeter base with only the Eagle Express and schoolhouse chairs running. In Banff, Lake Louise with a 46-centimeter base with 8 of 11 lifts operating. Sunshine Village with a 43-centimeter base and 6 of 12 lifts in operation. Norquay with 2 lifts and 2 runs open so far this season. And down to Kananaskis, Nakiska is open with 5 groomed runs and 2 chairs open. Southern Alberta, Castle Mountain tentatively slated to open on Friday with just... Over the border into BC, Fernie opening on Saturday. Locally, Snow Valley opens on Saturday. No word yet on the opening dates for the other local slopes. On the upside, if you are heading out to the mountains, you can expect reduced lift ticket rates and very few crowds. And that is your Snow Valley Ski Report.
3: So there you go. Brandon Douglas we uh, will have that uh, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. And by the way, they are opening this weekend. Nice. I know the skiers are waiting, and uh, you know what? Uh, They're going to make their stuff, but of course, uh, everybody's hoping if you're a ski fan, you're a snowboarder, uh, you want a little bit of snow. And hey, I'm a guy. I like snow. I'll be honest. I like the snow, so uh, I would like to see some. Just me. So hopefully it happens uh, sooner than later. But I know uh, many people will be uh, getting out on the roads perfect. The road conditions are unreal if you want to go skiing. I guess that's it. Let's find a positive. That would be the pause uh, the of uh, right now. There's, uh, there's little doubt about that. And uh, hopefully, though, soon uh, we will have some snow for all of you, uh, those who like the mountains and uh, even locally. Let's get to five questions now brought to you by The Brick. And uh, at The Brick, the Black Friday continues uh, with a savings on $1,500 up on sectionals, 25% off bedroom and dining, furniture. Also, you can save up to 50% off mattresses right now at thebrickandthebrick.com.
2: It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show.
4: All right, Greger, question number one. Fill in the blank. The 8, 12, and 1 Edmonton Oilers will be a 500 hockey club on
3: blank. Oh, man. Now, 500 in... In points percentage? Is that what we're talking? Or 500? So if they've played um, 30 games, they'll have 15 wins. Yeah,
4: yeah. We're going to go on the record there. Oh,
3: well, that's going to take a lot longer. <laughs> so Because uh, look at the orders right now. They've played 21. They're at 8. So let's say even though we, now you win your next 4, that's 12. That's still not there. So... I will say, to get to a legit where they've won at least half of their games, could they win seven of their next nine? I will say no. So, after Christmas then.
4: All right. I'm going to be big-time optimist. And you might like to hear this one, Gregor. I think they're going to keep this streak going. And I think they're going to take down Winnipeg and Carolina and Minnesota and Jersey. And then they're going to be above five hundred after they beat the Blackhawks on december 12th so december 13th ahead of two matchups against the florida teams they will be f- above 500 and you will only have to keep that so
3: they're winning the next five games
4: yeah they are it's going to be a heck uh-huh. of a streak
3: so you're telling me are going. by next wednesday evening at 10 30 i'll be celebrating knowing that i only have to grow my hair out for three months you bastard you better be right don't <laughs> give me hope. Don't give me hope like that.
4: When they take down the Carolina Hurricanes after a nice break, there they might be a slow start, but they'll come on strong and beat the Hurricanes. Yes, that's what I'm telling you. All right, we'll see. I've been wrong before. I'm an optimist, but mm-hmm. just that's what I think. They're playing. They're they're playing
3: better. The momentum's going. Yeah, well, I thought the orders would uh, would beat the Sharks, and that's where it got me. So uh, true. I, uh, color me somewhat pessimistic, which is fair. Uh, question
4: number two: The Red Blacks and Lions will play a game out in Victoria next year. Touchdown Pacific! Hmm. Do you think that the CFL needs to look at expansion? And if so, where do you think would
3: be a good spot for them to uh, create a new franchise? And they've talked about this. I'm, I'm almost, Has there been a more Unproductive conversation as far as uh, you know I've been hearing 10 teams for since I started this business, I think, so you know Eastern uh, the, the East Coast, we all know that's the only place to go. Um, the NLL, think about it, they got a Halifax team. CFL's done nothing. So you know what? No. I'm going to say no. I think they're going to stick with nine teams. Um, get their nine teams healthy before they uh, focus. <laughs> I, I just think they focus so much energy on that where they should be focusing energy on other things to make it better. Like focus on having a better website. Focus on having better access. Focus on having better stats page. Uh, focus on, on, I don't know, I know this one's crazy. How about having a page so people can see who's on your protected list? So your fans have something to look at. Talk to the people at Daily Face Off who just give lineups. Talk to the people at Cap Friendly who would outline the salary cap. The numbers they have from diehard fans who click there all the time. Figure it out, CFL. That is infinitely more important than expansion.
4: Tell me, generating buzz matters. Uh, crazy concept. I mean, I'd love to see it. I, I don't know where the team would be. Like you said, like. The NLL has a team out in Halifax. Why can't the CFL? you got to figure it out somehow. It doesn't have to be a major stadium. Just get people out there. But I would love to see it. But like you said, I think there's other things that they can focus on first. Speaking of the NLL, since we had Quinlan on the show today, for who is it Wednesday, will we see professional lacrosse back in Edmonton? And if so, how long before it happens?
3: Oh, well, the the only way it's going to happen is if the orders own the team, right? Because they're not going to have a tenant there. There's no other place for them to play. And my understanding is OEG right now, it it hasn't really been on their radar that, you know, there's been some very, very limited discussions. So I'm going to say. Small
0: details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall.
2: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: If McDavid re-signs at Edmonton Cons, I don't think it happens for a decade. If he doesn't, I think it could happen within five years because they will be looking at other revenue aspects.
4: Interesting. That's my answer. I'm going to go with that because uh, you're way more dialed in on this than I am. So I, that that's interesting. I'd love to see it. I used to love going out to rush games. It's always a good time to have some fun with the friends and watch a great sport. Uh, question number four, Aaron Rodgers, 21-day window to return, has been activated with the New York Jets. Do we see him play again this season?
3: It is crazy, man, to see him on the field already. But, you know, doing that and then playing in a game – I, I guess my question's going to be the the major one is why, right? Why why would he rush back to get one game at the end? Now, maybe it's psychological, right? Maybe he only plays a quarter just to be like, okay, you know what? I put in all this hard work, and, and here we are, and, and I'm close. So I, I guess from that standpoint, okay, they've got what? Uh, most teams have um, – well, some have five, some have six games left, right, depending if you've had your bye week or not. So – yeah, the one so five more weeks for him to play. Yeah, I guess technically six. Um, you know what? I think he will play in one game. I'm not sure he'll start, but I think he will make an appearance in one of the Jets' final games. They have six games remaining.
4: Aaron Rodgers versus science. I think he wants to say four to six months. I'll show you. I'll be ready to go when everyone wrote him off for the rest of the year. So I think he wants to get back and kind of. Prove he is that guy? Because I don't think he's done. I think he wants to play another year. I don't think he wants to go out on those terms. So I think he will play this season, and uh he's he's starting to look okay. I don't know if it's going to be the last game, like you said, but I do think he will play in one more game this season for sure. Final question for you. On this day in 1972, Nolan Bushnell, one of the Atari founders, created Pong, and he released it in Andy Cap's Tavern in California. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of a stand-up machine. So when you're in a pub... Tavern, sports bar, whatever it might be. What is your favorite game to play? And I'm not talking like just video games, any sort of game. What's your favorite?
3: So if I'm in an establishment, what's my favorite? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, It's split for me. I love pool, so I would play pool for sure. But if they have a Galaga tabletop, I'm very, very interested. And I'd want to play both. So, but I like pool, you know, that's a little bit more social, right? You talk to the people you play against, maybe have a little fun wager, but uh, man, we played a ton of pool uh, over the years. I loved it. Especially, you know, the bar when the corner is a little bit more forgiving, right? So the game goes a little bit quicker, right? Smaller eight ball table. So yeah, I will, uh, I will probably have to vote pool first, followed by Galaga
4: good games for me 100% golden tea i love going to a place with a golden tea machine yeah you, you got to be careful because i know some people have had some pretty devastating injuries getting into that a little too hard what yeah when they go to hit it they hit their wrist i've heard some horror stories obviously when people are a little too intoxicated or buck hunter Oh, the
3: old gun, yeah. the old buck.
4: <laughs> Not very good at that one, but mm. yeah, Buck Hunter is a good time as this, well.
3: I'm curious for our audience. So you go to the pub, and let's say the pub, you have any choice of game, I should say, any choice that you've seen at a pub before, right? Like I haven't really seen that. Now maybe I'm sure there's some place that has Donkey Kong, but I don't see a ton of them, right? I remember uh, at Billiards Club, they did have a Galaga for a brief time played it there they had tons of pool tables right Most, you've been to a lot of places that have a pool table no question um, Buck Hunter you mentioned uh, is one I've seen um, I've seen bowling alley yeah you go to the Canadian Brew I they have a bowling alley so I yeah. guess that counts so I'm curious for the audience what's your go to at the pub what's the game you want? darts we got a lot of text coming out already for darts I do like darts Right, but you you want to play darts when you know nobody's too buckled and they start throwing the darts when the other the guy's not paying attention and he starts walking in the way like come on. So,
4: did you ever play the spot the difference game sitting up at the bar? No. No, that that's an interesting one. Not everywhere, but then they also have like the adult version and you just have two pictures and you have to just tap oh, the difference. Oh, you
3: have to spot the difference. So. Yeah. Okay. Simple game, but good way to pass some time. Hmm. Interesting. So, Hey, boy, shuffleboard from Gus in the hood. That's a good answer, actually. Like a good shuffleboard game. I can get a little, get a little heated. It's a little fun. And it's easy to cheer for, right? That's what's nice about it, right? You play as partners. So that's usually good. Gets a little bit more involvement. You can also play partners in pool, of course, for sure. So, hey, guys, this is a sports stage. Now, no one's saying air hockey. Well, hey, by oh, the way, billiards, billiards is 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 a sport. Uh air hockey, yeah, it's good. You know what? I was never great at air hockey though. I never played it enough to get good. So the Canadian one obviously was pretty cool, right? We played it a few times. Right? It's got the siren. Woo! Right. So that was always entertaining. So uh, that's a good answer. I like that one. Hey guys, Daytona NASCAR racing. Hmm. That's where you're talking like the sit down one and you're driving like the car? That's not a bad choice. I like that But there are lots uh, Are coming in on uh, bubble hockey Lots of bubble hockey fans Hey Gregor What about uh, you doing Dance Dance Revolution (laughs) To the soothing voice Of Strud's Ballad Karaoke Well uh, there's no soothing In Strud's In the same conversation But uh, I I did see Like you're talking That dance Where you gotta stand up and And you gotta try To hit the dance moves I've never actually done it I've only ever seen it In a place once I was intrigued But I didn't do it But I wouldn't mind I uh, you're, now you're speaking my language here a little bit. I could, uh, I could get in it. I like it a lot. Hey boys, when are you gonna have a sports 1440 bowling tournament? Well, it's funny you say that. <laughs> we're uh, we're having some conversations about what some fun things we can do in the new year, and uh, and that one's at the top of the list. For uh, it's very good. So, hey, Greg, it's a great topic to play more tables and games on as a sponsor. Yeah, we should. i would love to do it. I'll have to reach out to them. That'd be nice. Hey guys, what about the NTN trivia back in the day before Google ruined it all? From Jose, <laughs> that you know what? NTN, Fargo's. We used to play it at Fargo's when I was going to uh, to Nate in RTA on Monday. It was unbelievable. Remember Fargo down? Fargo's is now Hudson's on the corner, right on uh, on Calgary Trail and White Ave. So that used to be Fargo's. And when you go, they used to have the low seats that were like plush and round and you'd sit. Oh, man, they were comfortable. But yeah, they had it. That was awesome. Right. Or remember, name that tune. That's another classic. It's another classic name that tune. I like that one coming in from uh, from Bob. So, yeah, we will. Uh, we'll be looking at. Uh, I do like the bowl because there's a lot of people that think they're good bowlers. And then there are some very serious bowlers out there, right? Like, they got the glove, right? They show up. Some even have, the, like, they got their own shoes. They got the ball. Like, they think they're on Kingpin. A little bit of the character is like Kingpin. So I uh, I can get to it. Hey, Gregs, just have to say, foosball's the worst. Well, the thing about foosball is, unless you're good at it, it's terrible. I agree. It, you you place, like... You either need two terrible players and then it's kind of boring. Cause if, if you don't, like in pool, you can kind of, if one person's really good, depends on the, on the, how the rack and the break goes and stuff like that. And maybe you can salvage it a little bit. In foosball, there's no hiding, right? The ball comes out, you know, geez, I didn't can spin one guy. I can't do the second one. You're done. So yeah, I would agree. I was never, I was, I like watching it because I was never good enough at it to, to really play it. What about you cons? Are you a good foosballer?
4: Yeah, when I worked at uh, the old Save On Foods, we had a foosball table in the staff room, and if you weren't at a foos- Save On, yeah, if you now, weren't if- a foosball player, you hated it because it was so noisy.
3: Now, is this the same uh, one where you, uh, uh, d- not that you went on strike, but uh, you guys tried like uh, to get your boss fired, right? Like you got you guys had a mutiny.
4: There was a mutiny. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, served a little suspension for that one. So <laughs> that did happen. Yeah. Same save on. They didn't fire me, though, so I, I stuck around, oh my redeemed God. myself. to How, the how higher long ups. was
3: your suspension?
4: Uh, three days. What? Three days suspension.
3: What is this, is this NHL uh, player <laughs> safety? Three days? Connor's like, I get three days off?
4: Called me on Friday said, hey, can you work tomorrow? I said, no. I'm going to the lake, and I have to serve my suspension. So, yeah. Uh, Jeez. Five, six, seven, two people were fired, actually.
3: Well, how come two of you got fired and and only the others got suspended
4: cuz they slandered a lot worse than what I did. And but, where
3: did they slander the boss online?
4: On Facebook, yeah. Oh. Okay. This was kind of like in the beginning of Facebook too, so
3: So they went online and said Bob in produce is a blip
4: Yes, basically. Mm. The one guy they fired was a engineer and I think worked one day a week just to help pay off the student loans. Okay. He said, "See ya," and was fine with it and yeah. Same save on which Savon was this? 6609, Mayfield Common. Mayfield Common? Yeah, just down the street here. Okay, I know where it is. It was funny because like we would have people come to the store, get transferred, and say, Oh, you're the guy. <laughs> yeah, I was one of the guys that got suspended for slander
3: like did they send a whole note across to all the other uh save on food so you guys were like the black sheep or was it like the underground heroes how were you portrayed i'm not too sure i know because they did have to
4: transfer some employees to work at the 6609 to help with all the people that were suspended there was a couple of us that actually just said you know we're going to take the week off or the weekend off go up to the lake so it traveled that way but i got to think there was a few people that thought good on these guys that mm. was a good time. <laughs> Interesting to come back. Some awkward moments as a, a young 20-year-old dealing with that manager at the, that point.
3: Oh, yeah. And what what did the manager do that caused this? What did he do? Or she? Was it a he or she? It was a he. Can they come after me?
4: I, I think that person has since been demoted a couple of times and lost their position. They were just a jerk. Like
3: power-hungry. Okay. Um, so the jerk store called, they're all out of you? They were all okay. out of him, yes. Right.
4: Yes. Okay, I like it.
3: So just being a jerk. <laughs> uh, yeah, do, you remember, got him. do you remember what you wrote on your Facebook page in a young Connor Halley's life? I remember exactly what I wrote. Are you allowed to say it on radio? Don't think
4: so. Oh, you had swear words? It wasn't swears, but I alluded to some things. And they also called me uh, out for time theft. When I was working and one of our friends just took a picture of me and they said, oh, well, this is time theft. What? Yeah.
3: Because they said you weren't working. You were taking They're a picture. They
4: like, oh, you posed for a picture. <laughs> like, yeah, you're, you go for 20 minute smoke breaks, but I'm getting called out for a momentary picture. Wow, yeah.
3: Is, so that was the jerk. That was the guy who tried to. That's what led to this.
4: Probably mm. They They also told me They could uh, come after me With slander charges If I didn't apologize oh. It was kind of It was very weird It was a very weird situation mm.
3: They could though But let's be honest Slander like You gotta <laughs> You gotta prove a lot there To say that it was slanderous In hindsight I could have just denied it And said You
4: have no proof That I wrote
3: that My account was hacked Oh, that was before people used to use the my account was hacked excuse. Yeah. Haven't seen that in a while though. Hey, it's magical, isn't it? <laughs> no one's had their account hacked in quite some time on social media. God, it used to be the word. Oh, that was my account hacked. I'm like, are you serious right now? You think your account got hacked? Give me a break. Uh, let's get okay, to Okay, hold on, hold on.
4: Plumber Chris says, Hallie, I was a manager at Save On for years. I remember that. Oh.
3: <laughs> there there you go. See, world travels fast. That's old Connor Halley gone from being suspended for three days to now hosting on Sports 1440. <laughs> Kids, never give up on your dream, okay? Never give up on your dream. Let's get to the command Sports 1440 update uh, brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. Nothing slanderous about them, I'll tell you that. Well, maybe the hairline of a few guys there, but we don't want to mention their names. But you know what they do have that's awesome is all your snow removal equipment, because you know it's coming. Don't wait till you're stressed and all of a sudden you don't have any snow removal equipment or the accessories needed. To relieve your stress, go to evanskubota.com right now.
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust Oleum's new Custom Spray 5 in 1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves, without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust
2: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk?